Welcome to another episode of Old School Thoughts, and thank you for all that you do to make this podcast possible. I am Frank Goodman. And Martha. And I'd say welcome back to the Old School Village. All <laughs> right, to the Old School Village. Hey, look, Martha, I really want to thank you, and I'm so grateful that you have joined me in continuing this podcast. We have spent time talking about the village. We have talked about Old School Thoughts how this has become a historical moment and a class for us. But this week, we saw, we got a chance to see from the January 6th committee, uh, we heard the testimony of Mrs. Or Ms. Shay Moss, and she talked about her mother, Lady Ruby, and her grandmother. As it pertained to the January 6th, or the 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 fraudulent reports about the uh, um, election. So I would like for you to talk about how you examined the, the, the village as it pertained to Ms. Shamos, her mother, and her grandmother. How, give me your thoughts about that. Frank, before I do that, maybe we should just recap generally what happened. Apparently, Miss Moss and her mother, Ruby Freeman, had been accused of fraudulently handling ballots during the recount of the Georgia election. Right. And as a result of that, they became the subject of the ire of certain high officials in the government, which I refuse to say their names because I don't think their names are worth saying, but people will know who they are. And they actually terrorized these two women and their grandmother and the, and the woman's grandmother, Shay's grandmother, to the point that the FBI had to ask Shay and her mother to move out of their homes to a safe location because of potential threats. This brings us to the village. The village was aware of, from the news media, that there was something to do with the ballots and that they might have been handled improperly. Right. In reality, the ballots were never mishandled. But yet, Shay Moss and her mother, Ruby, Lady Ruby, and the grandmother was subject to what I call terrorism, domestic terrorism. The fact that Shay's grandmother hysterically called her granddaughter, saying that people had barged into her home to make a citizen's arrest, which caused me to call Frank because I was really irate at the realization that after 160 years, black people were still subject to someone barging into their home, someone disrupting their lives, someone taking their good name and smearing it as if it meant nothing. And I guess the question that we both raised was, where was the village when all of this is happening? You're right. Where was the village? Okay. I mean, I can't imagine at a group of people, I'm sure they were loud enough because I'm sure they didn't come quietly to the grandmother's house. Right. But did you see a group of people approaching an elderly person's home, an elder, and they certainly barging in 
Where was the police report? Where was the call? Where was the defense to come to the aid of this elder? A senior who's living by herself has to get on the phone and call a granddaughter. The village missed out. And maybe it missed out because, Frank, I don't know if we really collectively understand the responsibilities of being part of the village. Okay, may I interject something? Sure. What concerns me is that the more we ignore history, the more we try to get around talking about history, we are reliving it. What took place with Ms. Moss' grandmother it matches the story of why so many people left the South. And they talk about their experiences, why their grandmothers and why their parents and why their grandfathers left the South because of the same thing. Not having the, the law behind you and not having the ability to stop that kind of behavior that allowed those people to feel emboldened enough to go into that home and to try to make a citizen's arrest. So this is what I'm talking about and this is what I'm really evaluating. When we talked about our mothers sitting on the front porch and they had the right and permission to correct somebody else's child, we have finally looked back on those moments and said, they were performing neighborhood watch. And they did that to prevent these type things from happening. So does that make any sense? Does that go along with what took place with Miss Moss, Lady Ruby, and their grandmother? You know, how do you see it? I see it. You know, the neighborhood watch has failed. Mm -hmm. And I'll say it in the sense that where you had a neighborhood watch, someone's always watching in the neighborhood. Someone's always aware of what's going on. Where were those someones in the case of Lady Ruby and her daughter, Miss Moss? Mm -hmm. Where were they with their cameras? We all have cell phones with cameras mm -hmm. and video. Right. Why wasn't that videotaped? Right. Why did somebody get a picture of those individuals so that if they did report it to the police, they had backup? You know, why, why was it so missed? And I think it's missed because we don't pay attention all the time to the importance of every one of us is a lookout. We have it twisted in a way that we don't want to tell the police about something that one of our villagers has done incorrect or bad. Mm -hmm. On, by the same token, we should be able to defend our village. Is there nothing more than looking, taking a videotape of it or asking questions and saying, what are you doing here? Why are you harassing this older woman? So. I hope I'm wrong, and I'm hoping that someone out there did do what we're suggesting. Mm -hmm. But I think what got me even more pissed off was the fact that when I looked at the news media through the night and the next day, the person that they wanted to tout as a hero 
was an older gentleman from Arizona who was the House Speaker, Rusty Bauer. Mm-hmm. And they made him into this knight in shining armor. And the footnote was really Lady Ruby and her daughter. Right. Now, Mr. Bowers did the right thing. He came forward. But Mr. Bowers, while he was inconvenienced and made uncomfortable, he never had to leave his home. He never had to worry about, he said he approached somebody that had a gun drawn on his neighbor. He approached that person. Why? Because he had no no fear that anything was going to happen to him. Mm-hmm. But that's not the case for black people in America, and certainly wasn't the case for Lady Ruby, Shay, and her grandmother. They had to leave their home. As Shay said, her world was turned upside down. And it just hit me at the core because this is something that has happened to America to blacks in America from the time we got here. We're like the orphans of the world. There's been cases like Rosewood, Black Wall Street. I mean, there are hundreds, thousands of cases where blacks had to flee in fear of their lives because someone else was unhappy and nothing was done. No one was ever prosecuted. No one was ever sued. No one was ever Um, made responsible for those actions. So the village has a responsibility to be the century point for all of us. Okay, so now that we know, we know about Ms. Moss, her mother, her grandmother. Now that we know about it, we've gotten a chance to see it over and over on CNN or whatever news station you look at. What happened to the press conferences? Why why didn't we, why isn't there a follow-up? Maybe there's a follow-up where she lives, but there's no national follow-up. Why are we not getting the national follow-up? Because, as I said, we're the orphans of this world. Mm-hmm. We're like orphan children that nobody wants. Right. And we don't like to face the fact that we're orphans, but sometimes... You know, orphans can succeed no matter what. So I think the fact that we're orphans, we don't, it's not deemed always as newsworthy. It has to be in people's face to the point that they are shocked before they react. Mm -hmm. And that's the way the news media runs. But I'm looking at, there's black news media. Where was the outrage on black news media? Where was the call for the organizations that are supposed to represent us? And I'm, I'm not going to name organizations, but right. there are organizations out there that are supposed to represent us and fight that battle for us, that civil rights battle, that human rights battle. And I'm sorry, I didn't hear anything anywhere, and I don't know if you did, Frank, no, about I didn't. any organizations. No, I didn't. Not before, not during, nor afterwards. I haven't heard anything. I was aware, based on the reporting, that this situation concerning the suitcases and all of that was talked about by, by you know, Donald Trump and his minions. Mm-hmm. We heard about it. 
But I was unaware that Miss Moss's name was called out, that Miss Lady Lady Ruby's name was called out. I was unaware about what happened with her grandmother. As I sat down and listened to the the testimony, I was perplexed because I was trying to figure out, okay, what do I do? How do I respond to this? What are we going to do? Is there anybody leading something? You know, I was trying to figure out what was happening, what were we supposed to do? How do we make Miss Miss Moss feel better? How do we get her back involved in the community, in society? You know, how do we help her and her family return to some level of normalcy? Sure, she's going to always have this anxiety. But I was just sitting here, just I was sitting here wondering, what are we doing? What are we failing to do? Why haven't we created, embraced them and said, we're going to help you get through this? She said that she's been sitting in the house. She's gained 60 pounds. She doesn't go anywhere with her mother. She's afraid that her mother is going to call her name. The impact this has had on her life. And I'm just trying to figure out, I I don't live in Atlanta. I am not in her neighborhood. But I definitely feel for her now that I'm aware of it. And I would like to know, what are we supposed to do? I think what we're supposed to do in some respect is perhaps, if we can, reach out to the Atlanta community to let them know that this has gone beyond Atlanta and that other people are watching. Mm -hmm. That's number one. We need to communicate to Miss Ruby, to Shay and their grandmother, that they are cared for and they are respected and loved. That's one thing that we can do. The second thing I think that we can do is we can ask questions of these organizations. Have you heard about it and what are you going to do about it? If they say they have a plan to do something about it, that's great. But if they say they don't, then we really have to step up our game and become more aware of what's going on in our village, even though the village is not our local one. Mm -hmm. I don't live in Atlanta either. But I was appalled when someone gets on television. Giuliani got on television and implicated them as passing things passing those ballots like they were passing drugs. Right. And when she was asked what did her mother pass her, she said a ginger mint. Now how do you go from someone giving their daughter a ginger mint to them being equated to being doing something illegal or being criminal? That can only happen when you don't fight, fight back with words. We let things be said by people and never challenge them. I don't expect the news media to challenge these people because I don't think they have, they're looking for sensationalism and they're looking for breaking news. And so that's not their job to challenge them. Mm -hmm. But as a community and a village, we have to challenge that. We have to come forward and say, if it means writing petitions to your your local elected officials 
we have to come to terms with that what affects one of our members in a village, in a city or town, affects all of us. And until we can collectively see ourselves as a unified village, we're going to constantly see the Lady Rubies and Shays being chased away from their jobs and their homes. I can't, you know, I can't even equate. I've been, ho- I've been made homeless from a fire. So I know what it feels like to lose everything and have nothing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you can watch that woman, those two women, and not be angered mm-hmm. that they had no one coming to their defense and all the FBI did was tell them to move. Now, granted, I'm glad the FBI did tell them to move because that provided them some degree of safety. But that doesn't get their reputation back. And too often, black people have to suffer through the ruination of their reputation and never get it back. We need to do better in the village. That's what I'm going to say. Young people need to do better. Young people have the technology and the skill. They can chat on TikTok, Facebook, whatever. But they don't talk about these things. And that's what they need. That's why they need the elders. Because the elders in the past talked about these things. The churches talked about these things. And the churches would come to the fence. Political leaders would come, be called to the carpet because they would say, what are you doing about this? I'm hearing about this. But everyone seemed to have dropped the ball on this particular story. We've left this family hanging. That's right. Why did it have to wait until we hear a nationwide hearing to know this woman was out of her home? Yeah. So I'm telling you, as a village, we need to see ourselves in a broader terms and a broader sense than the village that's just around us. Because the things that are coming down that will happen in the future are going to impact all of us. And you can turn your face away and say, this is not my problem because I don't live in Atlanta. But it could happen to your grandmother. It could happen to your mother. It could happen to you. Shay Moss is no longer an election worker. And that's the tragedy. Something that she really loved doing. She loved to do, and she helped all the elderly people that came and the young ones who were first voting. Where are the Shay Mosses when we have the next election and they want to run a terrorist campaign against the workers of the election? Where are we going to step up? Where are the young people going to step up? You have a responsibility, young people, not to just look pretty, but to step up and fight for your village. So you have to decide what village you want to belong to. And if you're African-American, you shouldn't have to look very far. Well, you know, the same way we embraced Fannie Lou Hamer, the same way we embraced the mother of Emmett Till, the same way we embraced Martin Luther King Jr.'s family, we embraced these families. We should have embraced this family the same way. They really are our family because we should have embraced them based on what they have gone through and how they've been left 
you know, to to recover on their own. You know, this kind of makes me think about, you know, Sarah who Sarah Collins, mm-hmm. who, who who survived the bombing in, in the Birmingham church. Mm-hmm. She was the fifth child in that basement. We never talk yeah. about her. We we never talk about her. That that was a fifth child. We just remember the four little children. But I've gotten a chance to speak with Sarah and her husband George. Mm-hmm. And one of the things Sarah said, and I don't want to get too far off base here. I just want to make this point. One of the things Sarah said is that she never received any counseling when she was returned from home from the hospital. She went to school the next school day. No counseling. But we can understand that in the 60s. We're supposed to know differently now. We're supposed to understand the law. We understand our rights. We're supposed to exercise things differently in 2022. So really, we should have embraced this family. Something went wrong. Something went wrong. Something is still going wrong because we're not getting any updates. I think what's what went wrong is we have a disconnect. Yeah. We 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 don't see ourselves in that family or in that setting and we can be objectively neutral. And I think that disconnect is why we will always have to face these crises. Why don't we have a black crisis management organization? Hmm. You know, we've got a, we set up a fund for this and a fund for that and go fund this and go fund that. But we don't set up things that sustain the community globally. You know, everybody's got an agenda to set up something that might help their little area. But unifying uniformly, we need to have something somewhere that will step in and say, let's handle this situation and give counseling where it's needed. We don't counsel any any individuals who go through trauma in this country who are black. George Floyd's family needed counseling. Mm-hmm. They didn't get it. No. We just assume that we'll get over it. Right. And we don't get over it. And that's why we have so many traumas that we live with day to day. And that's post-traumatic syndrome. Right. So we need to, first of all, come together to find a way to create an organization that in a time of crisis like that, we have an automatic reach out to that community, to that person, and say, we're gonna give you counseling for free. If you wanna go fund me, find a way to go fund a new project to offer counseling to people who come under racial tension. That's not that's, idea. That's my, that's my idea and that's my suggestion. Okay, so no. in, in closing, if you had the opportunity to speak with Ms. Moss, her mother, her grandmother, what would you want them to know from the village? And the reason I'm asking you this question because I'm going to do everything I can to get this recording to that family. So if you had an opportunity to say something to them, what would you say? Well, 
I'd say to them, first of all, I love them, that I'm proud of them, that I sympathize and empathize with them, and that they stand on the shoulders of great people who have stood as a as a as a century to protect us against discrimination. They stood as soldiers in a war that we fight every day. And without them, it is a great loss. Without those election workers, which both of them love their job and did it well, if you do something for 10 years, you don't have the intensity to want to do something illegal. You just don't wake up and say, I'm going to hide ballots or I'm going to put ballots, toss ballots or throw things away. She took pride in what she did. And I'd say, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of the work that you did, how you helped your community. And I'm hoping that your community can come back to help you and make you grow back into being the wonderful people you are. That's what I'd say. Well, I would do everything I can to get this recording to Ms. Moss. I would try to find someone who knows her, someone who's able to make contact with her to get this recording to her. I hope that our listeners get a chance to, I hope they enjoy listening to what we're talking about. I hope they take this conversation very seriously. I hope they show the support that they should show to this effort. Uh, Martha, again, I want to thank you for coming aboard. And as we close, you know how I close. You know that I love you. To my listeners and to our listeners, you know that I love you. And until next time, be good. Be good. That's what I'll say. Be good. All right. <laughs>